This is Cinema Spin. Hello, everybody. I am Matt. And I'm Jason. And welcome to a new episode of Cinema Spin. Jason, I'm a little worried this oh, week. Oh, yeah, Matt. What's on your mind? I think that our content this week may be lacking a little bit. Really? Yeah. You know, you, you've always expressed concerns about maybe not having a lot to say about Pixar movies. Yes. And they're not being the best content maybe for our podcast uh-huh. in particular. And, um, you know, it's kind of seemed the only way to go. For you know, for most of the week, we had talked about maybe splitting this time, me doing Lightyear, yes. you doing uh, Crimes, different, of, Crimes, Crimes of the, the Future. Future, right? which apparently that's came and went from theaters already. Yes, it all, it's already gone. I was very disappointed to see that last Friday. Which meant that your, <laughs> your destiny lied with Lightyear. Yes, after all I, this time. I decided to see Lightyear. Right? Even though um, at the outset of this podcast, I made it clear that one of my... Uh, one of my my rules is that I'm generally not gonna be a uh, a person who sees um, like kid animated movies, um, and so uh, we'll have to keep in mind that I am I am definitely not the tar- I, I, you know, I, I like me some original Toy Story. I like me some of the the sort of uh, the, the the new that new you know '90s wave of of Disney movies. Okay, and mm-hmm. so on. Uh, but I'm not a Pixar guy the last 10 years. Some Sometime around Up or in Inside Out, mm-hmm. um, their, uh, their patented mixture of like kind of uh, soul-crushing sentimentality and uh, big goofy voices and characters, uh, just, I, I, I can't do it. I um, did the math when I was talking to a friend of ours the other night, and I has, I've seen two of the last 12 Okay. Movies. So at some point, almost unintentionally, I've kind of given them a rest as well. Yeah, yeah. They definitely stopped being a priority for me at some point. Did we cover Soul? We did not. Okay. We almost did. We almost did. Okay. Um, and Because I, I saw that, and I wouldn't have seen that, I think, unless we... I think you saw that... Um, I can't remember the circumstances, because it was, it was strange mm-hmm. to me that you would watch that. Yes. But uh, yeah, it never and was let's, on let's the just, agenda for real. And let's just sort of set our audience's expectations here. Soul is a movie universally beloved, right? Right. That I really actively disliked, right? Yeah. I, I didn't there, just. There you go. I don't just say no. Uh, you know, this was it was just okay. I really thought it was not not a good movie, right? Right. Nominated um, for best picture, yeah, and then the, uh-huh. the the music won yeah. won the award. I yeah, think. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Good for them. Yeah. Right. So. Um, um, you, so I mean, knowing yourself is a big yes, part of, of, yes. of this kind of thing sometimes. Yes. But we we did go see Lightyear, both uh-huh. of us, and and uh, we're going to start our review now. And well, and let me just say, I mean, I in the past have had a sh- you know sh- chances to be. You know, I, I've worked briefly as a professional film critic. Um, I had chances to be to sort of go in that direction. And one of the things that has held me back from that is that you have to sort of see movies um, that you know you're. Or you're gonna hate, and you have to say interesting things about them, right? And so what we're about to do is we're about to do um, something that uh, I have spent my <laughs> my, my time avoiding: <laughs> seeing a movie I know I'm gonna hate and try and try to come up with something interesting to say about it. But I think I've got some interesting things to say about this. It, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out because my expectations are low. <clears throat> but uh, I guess let's get started. Okay. Our first film tonight and the latest offering from Pixar is called Lightyear. Just what the hell is Lightyear exactly? 
Well, the answer to that question is a bit more complicated than most films, but I'm about to give it a go. By this time, we're all quite familiar with the Disney Pixar franchise of movies known as the Toy Story series. The central idea is that there's a boy named Andy, and he has a bunch of toys in his bedroom. When Andy is not around, his toys come to life and have adventures on their own. His favorite is Woody, a vintage cowboy toy from an old TV show. Woody, being the favorite and therefore having the most seniority, works as the de facto leader of this band of assorted toy characters. Things are ordinary and predictable in this toy world until one day something happens to shake up the group. Andy has just seen the latest sci-fi blockbuster movie and receives as a birthday gift the big toy from the new film, a space ranger named Buzz Lightyear. Buzz's intro into the toy group creates a new dynamic that causes basically four films worth of problems and misadventures for the ensemble to deal with. Um, if We're going to be here all night, man. <laughs> I'm, 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 <laughs> we are, we are, these take because, a... Uh, <laughs> Because the plot for this movie <laughs> itself um, could take up an entire episode, right? Just describing yes. the, right. So I, I drive. Um, I you, drive hey, my home. My you, central point you here. You do your own. You do it at your own pace, man. This you goes. Just, uh, you, just, you work it out however you want. This but. gets succinct from this point on. Okay. <laughs> Let's digress a second, however, and ask the question again: What is Lightyear? Well, Lightyear is supposed to represent to the audience that original film that Andy saw in the theater in which the Buzz Lightyear character was the star. This fictional film spawned the fictional toy line that brought the fictional action figure of Buzz Lightyear to the fictional room of the fictional Andy. <laughs> it's pretty simple if you think about it. <laughs> Jason, did you get the same thrill out of Lightyear that Andy did? <laughs> well, let's start there. Are we to believe that this movie is something that um, would have, A, come out in 1995, and B, been enjoyed by a uh, your average eight-year-old boy? No and no. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the answer we're looking for. Um, this movie is, uh, this movie is the solo of the Toy Story franchise. Um, it's a movie no one wanted. It's answering questions no one asked, and it has not even one molecule of inspiration in it besides squeezing every last dollar out of a moribund series. Talk about reaching hard for a concept. This is that. Yes. Uh, I, well, I don't want to be unfair to Solo, because I like that a lot better than this. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> but, frankly, so did I, you know. But there is not one exceptional thing about this movie. No. And in in the same vein of solo, like it's one of those those concepts that's so weird that you you think, oh, maybe they've got some good ideas for some of, some of that. And instead, I mean, you're you're, you know, if you're going to ask a question, you know, about fictional characters that are best, you know, questions that are best left to the imagination about sort of side fictional characters. Maybe maybe have something in mind, right? You at least should have something better than what, what my mind can make up. I mean, I can make up a better uh, first meeting of uh, of of you know Solo and Chewbacca. I can make up a uh, 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 you know what is the Kessel Run? Do we really need to know that, right? Right. Um, and to go back to Lightyear, um, could I make up a better you know story backstory for or for Buzz Lightyear or a better movie that it was based on? I don't know. 
I wouldn't think about it very hard, but it seems like if, if you're going to do that, if that's going to be your concept, the very least you can do is have a little bit of interest in that concept. Like, try to make this feel like a, a, a movie that would have come out in 1995. Like, go back and look at movies from that era and, and you know, maybe... Yeah, have, have a score to a movie that would have come out back then, you know, like a... Something. Yeah. Right. I mean, instead, what, you know, what we have here is we have what feels like a 2022, a very, very 2022 feeling reboot of whatever movie it was Andy's favorite. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, yeah, it feels like a 2022 remake of a movie that came out. Right, yeah, because because one of the one of the, yeah one of the uh, the big uh, the big things that's being talked about involved in this movie is that it has uh, interracial lesbian uh, marriage right? right at the center right and good for them right yeah, that's but but this is just emblematic of the fact that you know, nobody would have seen that in in 1995 that wouldn't have been part of 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 a movie well that's a, true a in terms of that respect yes you're definitely and it right. just goes to show you that this movie is not you know except for their you know their in quotes high concept this is this is this movie is purely 2022 yeah, it completely lacks the sensibility of the of the mid to late nineties. Right, that's for and sure. then so why do it? It's just such a, it's <sighs> such a stretch. It's such a waste. And this isn't even getting to the main problems with this movie. Yeah, on the surface, I mean, we haven't even touched the surface seems of like what, what sort the real of a compelling is. idea, but it seems like a really long road to go just to get to an idea to make a movie about. It seems like the kind of idea that I mean, if a a writer had inspiration. And and said, okay, well, this is the movie I want to make. Then, may, uh, you know, and and has a, a, an interesting approach to it. Then maybe it could have been something. Instead, it feels like a bunch of people brains, you know, uh, brainstorming at Pixar, thinking, well, how can we uh, get another Toy Story movie out there? <laughs> and then somebody came up with the idea and said, okay, we'll put a couple writers on that, um, and, dr- and drop know. some storyboards. I don't think that. I mean, I didn't really hate this movie. <laughs> I'm just more annoyed by its lack of being exceptional in any way. It just. It just, it lacks inspiration. Yes. It for, first and foremost, it lacks any, yeah, it does lack any sort of inspiration. I, I really hated this movie. I hated sort of every second of it because it, it, it has the Pixar, so it has the rhythm of a toy, of, of a toy Story movie and that it kind of keeps coming at you, right? There's all this sort of back and forth banter and there's all these events and there's all this stuff right, happening. But I... and, but, but all, none of that banter is funny. Right, right. It's None not of as it's funny cl- as it's definitely not up to the standards that they've created from. It's way not back. even for even outside those standards. This is this seems like the worst version of a of a uh, DreamWorks sort of knockoff of a Pixar movie. Right. Yeah. Um. And anno- it just in, in addition to boring me, it annoyed the hell out of me because it just wouldn't stop coming at me. Right. Well, right. It just stop I think that's that's my yeah. sort of issue with it. It it just and it starts to make you feel like. You, you get that feeling while you're watching a movie that this just reeks of cash grab. And yeah. My issue is is as a the screenplay is just it would be well suited to just be more simple. Yes. There's all these. Let's do this. Oh, that that plan falls to shit. Let's do this. That plan falls to shit. Let's get the thing so we can go do the thing and go get the other thing. But nothing ever keeps working. And then right. every fifth, every fifteen minutes, what the thing they're going after is changing. Right. Right. And that's I found that really frustrating. Um. You know, and every ten, every ten minutes, we we uh, we are confronted with a film central theme that Buzz needs to learn to work with a team, mm-hmm. right? Even though every five minutes we're confronted with uh, with the, that team being totally inept, right? Right. 
So, and I swear to God, for me, the, that stuff is, the busyness of it is, uh, was bad, but it was not as bad as the fact that I swear to God, every, every, this entire shooting script can, the lines consisted of insert funny dialogue here. Right, and, and, and they just let Taika Waititi and 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 Chris Evans and whoever just oh, sort just of, riff until just they sort have... of riff. it feel it felt like bad improv. It really did, okay, because it it has that it has the pace of comedy. It has the pace it has the pace of oh oh there bang bang bang. But none of but there the, all, none of the jokes land. I agree with you that it doesn't work. I haven't hadn't given much thought as to why, but yeah. uh, I thought the one thing that might come through this movie is I thought it might be way more visually interesting than it is. Mm-hmm. Some you know sometimes, know. sometimes yeah. these computer animated films are just eye popping if, if nothing right. else. Right. And I I I found it very ordinary. Um, I, I mean it's marginally better. The photorealism is marginally better than right. Um, than it was last year. Right. But uh, th- but again at this point, I mean Pixar. We that that is the but it, lowest bar for, as far for as Pixar. like a that, visual style. It's grabbing from a lot of like I guess previous sci-fi entries. It's more mm-hmm. like there's a lot of hallways that are very Star Wars. Yeah, and there's those orange like uh, Cloud City backlit things. Yeah, that, you know. So they're and trying they're, to simic. You say, oh yeah, that's from you know everything doesn't have to be a goddamn Easter egg. Yeah. Yeah. So that sort of annoyed me. I, I I just wish the Easter eggs were a little more focused on time. Uh, you know, it would be cl- at least clever if they were more. Fo- the Easter eggs were more focused on like time appropriate. You know, nineteen ninety five kind of. Uh, yeah, or kind or, of stuff. or just Toy Story callbacks would have been yeah. cool. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, I hate a movie when even I even hate the cat. Even <laughs> even there's a robot cat in this. <laughs> That that really I found that I also found really irritating, right? And l- let's start with his name, right? <laughs> Socks, which reminds me of three things. First of all, unoriginality, because that is statistically the most common. That cat is name. a very unoriginal name for a cat. Two, the Clinton family, right? And three, the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> all three equally offensive. <laughs> all three equally terrible. <laughs> Uh yeah, I did. I thought the cat was okay. I, I, I the cat the cat's kind of this uh, feline version of of data from the cat's not given one joke that's really original. That, that's that's the real problem. You know, the cat himself he coughs I mean, stuff up. Right, exactly. Wah yeah. wah. Yeah, there's just no, just zero inspiration or originality. <laughs> Even in cats are like, come on. <laughs> Normally, I don't want to do this. I'd never want to turn this podcast into us sort of like. Uh, just reading other reviewers and like bringing them in mm-hmm. that would be boring right and, and and i try to avoid we've talked about how before we before how we try to avoid uh, uh reading other reviews because generally yeah but uh, i had gotten all my my main thoughts down and then was sort of searching around for you know other views and owen gliberman made a really really good point about this right that you know buzz in toy story is a funny character because this little toy thinks he's just a badass. His delusion, and, and he takes himself seriously, right? It's funny. and that's it's cute, right? It's funny because he's so wrong about everything, right? He, he doesn't. He, see, he thinks the little yeah. light on his wrist is, a, is actual a real laser. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. So, um, a movie in which Buzz is actually a badass who can do anything totally misunderstands the appeal of the original character, right? Yeah, I think that's true. Um. I mean, when the when the 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 button on his arm actually is a laser beam, that's just not funny, right? And there's and I don't know who this character is. I don't care who this character is, right? But I mean, 
the character that you make and play at home is a different character than the characters in the movie. Well, uh, f- fair enough. I mean, fair I think enough. he's. I think that I think that's that he's right about that. Yeah. About the things that make the, that character aren't in this. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know if the, the character would have necessarily had to be the same character to be to work in this. It doesn't have to if be. This movie is going to be what it is and work really well. He can be interesting in a different way, but yeah. he still has to be interesting. And Defi- he's not here. Definitely. And 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 if he's going to be interesting, and, and at least they should they should they should consider that problem, right? <laughs> they should they they should have realized that. Oh wait, the appeal of Buzz in Toy Story is that he's not who he thinks he is. Right, <laughs> and so what is going to be the appeal of the real Buzz, who is what he thinks he is, and um, don't know, don't care, just, just. They keep, didn't come just, up with a good answer. Keep, for that yeah, question. just, just keep, uh, keep making jokes that don't land. We'll get through this, right? I'm happy to hear that this movie is disappointing at the box office. Um, it's not doing terribly, but it's not. It's certainly not taking off. Um, and of course. Uh, you know, the apologists are going to say that's, oh, well, there's too much competition out there with those two other movies. Mm-hmm. Right. It's been a rough few weeks. Because little kids really want to see Top Gun Maverick. Yes. I mean, some of them might, but not eight-year-olds. The worst thing about the last three weeks of my life, Matt, <laughs> the movies. It's been a weird couple of weeks <laughs> for you especially. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is just a concept that should have never been attempted. It just, It's just... Yeah, I mean, even though I mean, there's the reason that I generally stay away from Pixar films isn't their quality. It's just I don't. I'm not into that really that much. Yeah, the, what the, what they're trying to put me through as an audience watcher, I'm not that into being put through. Right, right, right. <laughs> Especially, I mean, you know, I, I like me some Incredibles, right? Yeah, you know? they're, they're, those are fun but, movies. But you know, when you get to like I said, like a movie like Up or a movie like in, Inside Out. Uh, you know the the moments where they re- they are effective in eliciting, you know, sort of that deep well of, boy, life sucks, but we're all kind of in this together, so mm-hmm. we may as well stick t- stick together, right? You know, and then all of a sudden, here comes bouncing along a talking dog or something. I just, you know, that's just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's like, I, I I just am not you, you know, know I don't have kids also, so maybe I don't know. Maybe things would be different if I could see this story through the eyes of of, of children or something, right? Yeah, but um. You know, but I think of like a movie like Onward where they're like, you know, they're on a yeah. search for to try to connect with their dead father somehow. You know, yeah. that's, I, d- that's, I didn't see that one. That, me neither. But I, it just okay. that felt, you know, sort of like it was going to be emotionally manipulative. Yeah. And it's like, right. Ugh, I can watch something else if I want to get manipulated. Right. Yes. So I stay away from these. And this is definitely not the reason, but this has got to be the worst of the bunch. Yeah, I was trying to think. I was trying to think about it. This is the worst. I haven't seen all the Pixar movies. No, I've this seen the worst I've seen. Um, I really hated Cars, um, and I didn't. I certainly didn't see the sequels. But even the original Cars, I thought was just a lot of really, uh, really cheap jokes. Cars um, is definitely not on the level of some of the earlier ones, and really sort of dumb in the technical sense of dumb. Like yeah, a, like appealing to the lowest. But what it has done is sell many diecast cars, oh, and well, that's why there's all the sequels. Well, yeah, not because it was yeah. so great. What would he do? Well, I mean, pe- people, you know, kids. That, I mean, that, kids that's love been the that. ca- critics, that's been the Disney cash cow cars. Yeah, uh, I mean. kids love that movie. Uh, uh, you know, critics love that movie. Um, I think the first one's probably the worst Pixar to that point. Yeah. But I don't um, think it's it got, awful. It got ecstatic not, reviews yeah. at the time. Um, but, um, and I was trying to figure out if I, 
uh, hated cars more than this. I feel like I was more unplugged from cars. Like it was just like, like dumb and disappointing, you know. Yeah. And I, I just didn't feel anything about it. Whereas I, I, I actually um, wanted out of Lightyear. Right. It's, yeah. It, it's just so busy for no reason. I was really hoping this would tell like just a cool little sci-fi story, you know, with it could have, you know, it could have just shown him being a space ranger and, and right. zapping Going on a mission instead of it has to get into the, I mean, you didn't even get, you didn't even tackle and thank God didn't even try to tackle the, the actual plot of this story, which is just a gigantic mess. Right. Like we yeah. said, it's just one thing in 15 minute blocks. There's just a, a constant sort of rearranging of, Oh, we've got to do this to get off of this. Because they're stranded on a planet, and they've got to do—they've got to get some crystal to see if they can uh, get to hyperspace. But then there's time dilation, so he—he's going forward in time, right? And then, and then yada yada yada, and yes, um, don't care, don't care, don't care. Yeah, it's just—you—you <laughs> you actually absorb more about it than I did because yeah. I was just disassociated with the whole big picture. I, I really—I couldn't tell you what happened in the last thirty minutes of this movie because I was just—it was just yeah. like. Um, it's like it's like uh, saying a word over and over again until it has no meaning. I think you know? I think um, <laughs> I, I think a good a pretty damning review of this movie is I talked to talked to Ben. Oh yeah, and he was telling me that he took he took his daughter to see this yesterday. Yeah, and uh, he said they, they were alone she? in the theater. How old is she? Mm, she's um, nine ish. Okay, I'm not exactly sure. I forget. Yeah, I should know that. But but okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and um. They were the only ones in the theater at this because they went to. They took your advice and went to grab. Yes, I was. I was alone in the theater with. Two and um, they Ben said he took his phone out and started, you know, messing around because he was pretty disinterested in what was going yeah. on up there. Yeah, and he's he's usually somebody who he is go uh, the extra he, mile yeah, to try to a, like something like yeah that. he he exactly he's he's a very uh, uh, open minded audience to to he's probably seen most animated, of the Pixar yeah, movies to animated films and 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 the you know. Yeah, and, and and kids movies generally, right? You know, so uh, he does not have that hostility at all. You know, and if it, if um, he if he wasn't into it, that tells you something's desperately wrong. With I this film. took just just as a a uh, fail safe. I took Beth with me. She is she also has. She's not like Ben, where she, you know Ben's a real sort of aficionado of animated of animation. Yeah, he right? he he knows way more than I yeah. do about all that. Um, stuff. but Beth is just uh more, much more open minded and able to to enjoy uh uh you know Pixar movies and animated films generally, and she agreed with everything I said. Or we, we sort of were we're right, you know, on the talking about on the way home. We were yeah, right, I, mean, I definitely don't feel right like I'm picking page. on a movie that doesn't deserve it here. I mean, I I definitely oh no feel no like that not at all. Um, okay. I don't have much more to say about it. Uh, I don't that. have much more to <laughs> say about it either. I, I I wish I didn't have to say this much. <laughs> Let's leave it at that, <laughs> shall we? We will. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Cinema Spin. And we're back just like that on Cinema Spin. All right, Jason, we had a random movie this week. Yes, we sure did. It's time to go back uh, 30 years um, to 40 years. It's 40 years. Yeah. Right, yes. Dang it. <laughs> to, 19, to 1982. I've never been good at math or aging. Uh, to 1982's uh, The Slumber Party Massacre. What's it about, Matt? Well, let me tell you. A high school girl named Trish throws a slumber party. Everybody is invited, except for the new girl, Valerie and an escaped kill- serial killer named Russ Thorne, but they both end up—they sh- both show up anyway. 
Uh, Thorin's gimmick is that he prefers to murder people with a giant drill. If that sounds like a silly weapon of choice, it's not even original. Abel Ferrara made a slasher movie called Driller Killer uh, a few years earlier, which is no masterpiece, but is way, way better than this. <laughs> um, furthermore, a couple years after this, uh, Brian De Palma uh, made the movie called Body Double, in which the killer famously uses a giant uh, phallic-looking drill. Right. So uh, this is, uh, I would say, the bottom of the barrel of uh, slasher movies featuring drills. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this whole movie sounds like a parody of a circa 1980s slasher movie. It was, um, the credited writer here is Rita Mae Brown. If that name seems familiar from maybe something you read in college, uh, she was a famous feminist activist, uh, a feminist and lesbian activist, um, scholar and novelist, uh, uh, she's uh, probably most well known for the uh, novel Ruby Fruit Jungle, which is her auto her uh, mem- about memoir. About of, yeah, about coming out, and uh, also she wrote a whole series of uh, books about uh, uh, a, mis- a mystery series uh, with a cat who solves uh, crimes. Back in the day, she was you know trying to make a buck. Uh, she wrote a comedy uh, that was a, a parody of the misogynist misogynistic uh, uh, slasher movies at the time. But first-time director Amy Holden Jones uh, played it straight and just turned it into a misogynistic slasher film. Uh, the result is a movie that is neither funny nor scary. Amy Holden Jones. Has, it is peculiar, though. <laughs> it is peculiar. Every once in a while, you can see that maybe this used to be a satire, right? <laughs> um, I'm told this movie has a cult following. I assume that's why those those few moments that have uh, left over. Um, other than that, this just seems like uh, one more um, uh, one more movie from the 1980s with girls in their 20s pretending to be teenagers getting uh, cut up and splattered with fake blood. What did you think? I <laughs> it's just so blatantly and you know not I mean I, I really didn't realize that it was the, I know it was based on that book, but I didn't realize it was ba- it was uh, meant to be a satire. Oh okay. Um, originally. Well, it was it, this was not based on a book. I thought I thought I thought it was based on uh, writings by or maybe just a writings by. No, or... it was it was written it was written as a, a screenplay by Rita. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Um, um, I don't so, know where anyway. I got that from, but anyway, I just viewed it as, as pretty much just another knockoff slasher film. Mm-hmm. There's not much to distinguish it other than that. No, the killer is particularly bland, unscary. Right, yes. he looks like um... they've got him painted up to be vaguely foreign looking, which to some Americans is as scary as you can get. I, I guess, but he just looks like a guy, at, 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 you know, like an auto mechanic. Yeah, he, that's somebody was... at the at the supermarket. Right, yeah, and he they've got him leering from the right. Shadows. Except you know, they just grab a guy off the street and are like, "Can you can you look mean?" <laughs> He's like, "How about this?" And like, you know, oh, there's okay. a lot of just like um, uh, red herring type scares here where you think cat exploitation. Be... Yeah, <laughs> cat exploitation. <laughs> there are a lot of kitties just frolicking. There are around. a lot of kitties again. Probably Rita Mae Brown's <laughs> influence, right? There are um, a lot of cats running around, and of course, those cats will make noises and jump. You know, out of uh, out and scare you. Right? To me, the biggest tragedy here is the basketball scene at the beginning of the movie. It's filmed in those days before there was any sort of support products for women's br- women's breasts, 
<laughs> this is right they did back exist in Tepeyac, but right, apparently they were not allowed back, to set <laughs> because there's a lot of floppage going on during this basketball. And apparently none of the girls had ever uh, dribbled a basketball before because <laughs> the skill on display. I got to go back and look at that. There's... I know one of them, Val- the, the Valerie, the new girl, apparently blows them away, blows them all away. But... One of them takes this shot that is the biggest brick I've ever seen. It just hits the backboard with such force. And it's, you know, the, the hoop is here. <laughs> the ball hits here, and I just just laughed. So there was stuff like that to kind of just get a kick out of, you know, just how they thought that putting you know, these girls without bras on was is enough to get make a scene around. Right, and then a scene later that they're uh, in the they're all in the you know the the giant communal showers, of uh-huh. course, and, and you get you know the sort of por- post Porky's sort of leering, you know, there's, there's like a full five second shot of just just one of the girl's asses right yeah you know? exactly it's like a woman it, directed this the camera <laughs> the camera drops to see her ass yeah right yeah and then raises back up and right. it's like it's like exactly ass crane shot right how long did that how long do you think it took him to block that uh, i you don't know, know. Uh, that shot right? just the some of those things are just remarkable when we revisit some of these 80s films, just <laughs> how exploitive that they really were. Well, you know, and I hate to harp on this, but, like, the casting in this movie is just so so off the wall. Like, so, okay, you obviously you can't get actual, like, 18-year-old girls, I guess, because that would be, you know, that's kind of a little too edgy, I guess, right? Yeah. Instead, they get, like, 25-year-old girls to pretend that they're they're high, they're they're still in high school. But then, like, their coach is, like, the same age as them, <laughs> right? At the beginning scene, the one, the one girl's mother is maybe 10 years older than she is. I know. Right? So, like, maybe move, the, the you know, shoot, cast around the your... The crazy thing about trying to do that yeah. is the fact that people change so much between 25 and, and, and 18. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just such an obvious, you know, it's so obvious that they're not the proper age. Yeah. I granted they don't want to shoot. They can't shoot a scene set in a shower with real 18 year old girls. Well, well right. Um, not in good taste so at all. The, uh, the one actress, uh, I looked up one of the actresses that had a Wikipedia page. Yeah, not many of them. Do. No, not many of them. <laughs> and the, <laughs> the one that did uh, committed suicide. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> right? So, um, after being, uh, you know, uh, zombies in the slime ball bolorama or, uh, oh you know, that movie. Uh, so, but anyway, uh, she was actually only 21 when she made this movie, which I way would have uh, uh, way underestimated. Which um, one was she? Uh, she was Valerie, the the girl who could play basketball. Oh, okay. So, and the girl who who missed the uh, the uh, uh, who stays out to the. Sl- She's at her own party. house yeah, most right. of the time. Yeah, most of the time. I mean, at least you could do is you could get young looking twenty year olds. You don't have to like, you know, send out a casting call for uh, for L A actresses who who look. Yeah, you know, I mean, who look older than they are. You might want to get a few couple that maybe look a little younger than they are, right? <laughs> they're they're real, they're you know. Real. And you were playing with just a few years here. It doesn't seem like it would be that tough. All they really care is just girl. That's all they really yeah. care about. Yeah, just girl, boobs, right? Good. And they get right to the point. Two minutes, three seconds in, boom, yeah. boom, boobs. Good nominee here for. Uh, Annoying kid sister Hall of Fame though. <laughs> the Valerie has a kid sister yes. in this, and she is super. Yes, annoying. the the kid sister Courtney, apparently born wearing Hooters waitress shorts. <laughs> everything, 
<laughs> were they playing basketball in those same shorts though? They were playing. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah, the so same. So not a lot. They of must thought, have got a deal on colored shorts. Not a lot that. of thought given to uh, costume on this uh, on wardrobe. Uh, so that character C- Courtney, I don't know if you've seen. So this was a franchise. Roger Corman, <laughs> surprise, surprise, pitched in some some bucks to to get to finish this movie, uh, and this movie did surprisingly well. I mean, it was made for like three hundred thousand dollars and made like six million, or right? Something like that, right? Something you know, it's a good turnaround. Not even six million, probably like three million, right? Um, so he was all in and made you know ended up producing two more sequels, right? The in the sequel uh, to this uh, it follows Courtney. I watched. We watched the first ten fifteen. Oh, okay, minutes. played by Crystal Bernard, <laughs> Wings fame of Wings fame, right? So, yeah, so uh, yeah, that follows the Courtney character. Is she less annoying? Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> we, we, I, we finished that movie, and I flipped. I just let it play into the next, into the into part two. And Sarah's like, "Are you serious?" And I was like, <laughs> "Not really. Let's just watch a couple minutes." Uncle, it felt like um. A little bit more of the same, but with a little bit higher budget, you can tell. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, so at the beginning, uh, small details at the beginning of the movie, uh, the, uh, uh, the the girl is awoken, the young lady is uh, awoken to, uh, uh, a, uh, you know, alarm clock turns on, it's playing a radio station, K-D-E-D, get it? Yes, I do get it. <laughs> that is uh This is what I'm here for, Matt, to notice. That is uh <laughs> stupid details like that. <laughs> that is, yes. It's a detail. Yep. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Okay, in the early 80s, <laughs> cordless uh um power tools were in their infancy. <laughs> he did never right. had enough power to kill all those people <laughs> without a a belt full of battery packs. Belt full of like triple D batteries. And a power drill is just impractical for a serial killer. Well, but now wait I mean, a second. I mean, I mean a, a, a corded right. drill. Right, yes. But you have to be impressed with his, uh, uh, with his technique, right? There are several techniques of killing people with a drill that, you, that he demonstrates. Um, there is the old, the, the traditional thrust. You just turn it on and you just, you know, with your sure. thrust. Sure, let the drill do the work, so to speak. Right, yes. And there's also, he comes in and you can slash. You can, like, cut somebody's throat. Right, right? yeah, right. and that surprised me. <laughs> yes, yes. You, w- you wouldn't normally think you can do that. You can just cut somebody open by using it like a, a scimitar, right? Uh, also, there's the over-the-head right. Right, sort of situation, right? So, um so uh, yeah, the uh, the the actor, even though he is uh, nondescript, uh, had a little fun with with that. Not to say that this movie is um, scary in any sense. Uh, you know what's interesting is one of the things that's interesting um, is I was wondering why this movie has just no sense of suspense. And then it occurred to me that there's not really a score here, right? I mean, you think of what made there, <laughs> made Halloween and made you know Friday the Thirteenth. There's somebody with less talent noodling on a synthesizer. Is yes. what's going on? And the one and and the one bit of mostly, I mean, a lot of these scenes are just silent. Right? Yeah, there's not. It's and the very... only time the would be ominous sort of music is played, like there's one scene where uh, there's no score and people are getting killed. <laughs> And then it cuts to some uh, a, a woman to Valerie driving over to the house, right? And then the score starts, the eerie score starts playing, right? So, you know, uh, this woman, <laughs> what's her name, who directed this mess, Amy Holden Jones, she started out as an editor, you know, 
Um, she uh, had a chance to edit a movie called E.T. in 1982. Wow. Turned that down uh, to direct her first mo- movie, right? Um, and uh, this movie uh, is terribly edited. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of the music, there could have just been a voice. Stuff's about to happen. Yeah. Stuff's about to happen. <laughs> right. It's not going to be good. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the point of a score is to actually sort of lead you into thinking, oh, wait, something bad's going to happen. Something sure. Something bad's going to happen, right? And there's not much of that. So um, it, yeah, there's not much of it. And when it's there, it, it lacks any yeah, sense of right. subtlety whatsoever. And yes, and it lacks, and it's it's in a, it's in the wrong places. So. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yep. Hard pass. Yeah, it's 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 a crappy movie. No this, doubt about this that. This is a crappy. It's crappy um. Movie. There's some stuff there to to make fun of. Uh, my wife uh, had a pretty good one. We we both had a good laugh over. Um, at one point, one of the boys that's trying to peer in, uh, once they get discovered and they're uh-huh. kind of in on in in the slumber party themselves, uh-huh. they, they they know the killer's after them, and uh-huh. they, so they get some knives out. Uh-huh. And uh, the boy's like, "I wish I would have been in Cub Scouts." And and, and so alert, Sarah's alert. like, "They don't teach you to murder in Cub Scouts." And I, <laughs> their manslaughter merit badge. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Murder somebody with a butcher knife. Yeah. Right. So, I, I was in the Cub Scouts. We didn't do anything. I'm surprised we've gotten this far into talking about this um, without talking about the, the meat cleaver snail hunt scene. <laughs> <laughs> so let me paint you a picture, people. Um, at one point, so uh, you have to have a lot of uh, uh, false scares. So at one point, somebody's taking out trash. <laughs> yes. The next door neighbor has a weird name. Does he, do you have his name? Uh, David Conton. But I mean his name in the movie. It's like Mr. Blah, blah, blah. No, it's da- it's Mr. Conton. Conton? Uh, con- content. Content. Yeah, I thought that was a strange last yeah, name. Yeah, because you want to say content. Yeah. But instead, it's, a, it's an A at the And he seems of, suspect, probably on Right, yes. He seems, yeah, yeah. You're, I think you're supposed to think that he's he's a creep, right? Yeah. But uh, what, what, exhibit A that he might be a creep is that it's the middle of the night. One of the girls is taking out the trash, right? And, uh, oh, wait, is there something there in the bushes? Oh, my God, there is. And it has the meat cleaver. And um, it goes by her head. Or no, she's, she's getting firewood, <laughs> right? Anyway, and it goes right by her head to kill a, uh, a snail. Uh, that's crawling on the wood, right? And it's the neighbor, the the innocuous neighbor, Mister Con- Content, out in the middle of the night. Out in the middle of the <laughs> night, and she says, "Oh, you on a snail hunt?" And he says, "Yeah, I got seventy one tonight." <laughs> Perfectly normal. <laughs> Just another night in in suburban California. You know, he, he's been the neighbor's been tasked with sort of looking over the girls that night, uh huh, knowing you know because the parents are out of town, of course. Yes. Or or at a park. I don't. They don't say where they're at, do they? Yeah, and I. I don't, does I don't it matter. go to see? Yeah, does it go to see your mom? I don't know. Um, you know he's uh, he's a pretty cool guy. He's laid back. He lets them get away with. Uh, he, you know he knows that they've got some marijuana. Right. And he lets them just uh, slide on it mm-hmm. long before uh, that was uh, cool. Yeah, that was uh, a little more taboo. Yeah. Back in 1982. Was uh, could lead to a lifelong of uh, right uh, sliding down right. toward cocaine and crack. Crack. Crack was next. Right. Yeah. Right. That's true. Um, but uh, unfortunately, but yes, a late night doesn't make it to be snail a much longer with a meat cleaver. Yeah. So you're like, oh, so he's killing people with cleavers now? But nope. So. Right. Yeah. That, when I saw the meat cleaver, I was like, now wait a second. Are there two killers in this movie? Because <laughs> the, the guy with the drill would, you know, would never. And you don't you know, switch lower your, brands once like that. Once you've gone power tools, you don't <laughs> you go, go back, back to analog. Back. <laughs> 
Another another scene. Uh, I mean, he's forced to stab somebody <laughs> later on because somebody rips the drill out of his. Right, head. right, right. But only if you drop the drill. That's just you know, practical practicality. Right. That's just serial killer one hundred and one. Yeah. Um, yeah, another uh, scene in this that uh, is reminiscent of its uh, sort of uh, humorous or, uh, uh, origins is uh, so uh, at one point uh, he's upstairs killing some women. Uh, one of the girls is downstairs in the basement looking for uh, a weapon, right? And she goes through a few things, kind of like the scene in Pulp Fiction where uh, Bruce Willis is looking around the, uh, uh, the pawn <laughs> shop, right? You know, but, <laughs> trying to figure out what. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right, yeah, I did notice that. Yeah, so uh, but she. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so, uh, and she grabs a, uh, like a, like a big circular saw. He's like, it's like, okay, this'll do it. And then she runs up, you know, she tries to run upstairs with it, but the, the, the extension cord is long <laughs> enough. Right. So she has to settle for the very subtly located machete hanging on the wall. Yeah. It was very prominently uh, yeah. displayed there. Yes. Yeah. I also think that that scene where the, the dead bodies in the refrigerator was kind of probably meant to be played for laughs. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, cuz they keep opening it and she's right, kind of leaning yeah. and yeah. But um, uh it doesn't work like that at all. Yeah. It, it it works as the typical slasher movie, nothing exceptional about it whatsoever. I mean, if if either one of the if either the comedic element or the horror element, if either one of those elements would have been a little bit stronger, maybe we we would have something here. Um, yeah. But uh You've no, get, you've uh, got probably not enough to even pass for like a riff tracks episode here. There's probably not enough, yeah, funny yeah. stuff going on, right? Um, yeah, yeah. It's a pretty uh, needless to say. Rita Mae Brown has wants nothing to do with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, that just goes to show you once you write something that's out it's there, no longer yours. Someti- right. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think this was pretty pretty shitty. Yep. But I expected shit. No argument. Yeah, I mean, you know, slumber. <laughs> the did, randomizer... it, did it live up to its title? <laughs> I think it did. I think it did. The, the randomizer thought we, we needed a little whatever this is. Yes. So, all right. Um, let's look towards next next week a little bit. Next okay. week, Boz Luhrmann has a uh, has a special for us all, the biopic on Elvis. Yes. Wait, well, we're going to pair that up with a random movie, which we're going to select right now. Ooh. Okay, we've got 1973 and Soylent Green, starring Soylent Green. Never seen it. Never seen it either, but it may be made out of people. It, I, <laughs> I think, spoiler alert, it's made of people. <laughs> I so. do know that because, uh, you know, pop culture. Yes, right. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with a new show. Bye for now. Bye, everybody.